0: Welcome to Bible Study with Angelo. My name is Angelo and I love the Lord Jesus. This podcast is for those that want to learn to walk with God and hear and then apply the many precious truths revealed in the Word of God. The goal of this podcast is to bring us into a sanctified living in alignment with the will of God according to Scripture and ultimately, being made ready for the soon return of the Lord Jesus Christ. May this next episode bless you. Good day, my brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us for another episode. I'm here with my dear brother Pierre, and um, we're going to be talking about law versus faith in Christ. Um, over to you, my dear brother. Good evening,
1: Angelo, and uh, good evening to you all who are listening. It is very, very good to be here again. And uh, like I s- as I've heard tonight, that the truth must get out in these days of deception. Deception is the name of the game of the last days. Scripture says that Antichrist will be soon on the stage will cast truth to the ground and as Angelo has said in the uh, previous podcast is that we must get the word of God ingrained within us we must be saturated with the truth because if you know the original you know all the counterfeits if you know the original you know all the counterfeits now truth needs no defense It cannot be improved and only the dishonest fear it. Truth needs only to be spread abroad. And it is better to be condemned by the world and to stand with God than to stand with the world and be condemned by God. Now 2 Corinthians 13.8 scripture says that we can do nothing against the truth but for the truth and we must remember that truth is a person. The Lord Jesus Christ and the word which one can say is Jesus in a written form is truth. Also, Jesus said, John 6, 63, the the words I've spoken, they are spirit and they are life. And there comes a sword out of Jesus' mouth, a two-edged sword. And in 2 Thessalonians 2, it says the spirit of his mouth we are going to uh, speak about the truth tonight law versus faith in christ now especially when a christian is still young in the lord he is very sensitive and he wants to obey the lord at all costs and the enemy invariably comes and he wants to put the law on that christian You see, the principle is if you can't withhold someone from the truth, you press him over. You're using his strength against him. So this Christian, this young Christian is very sensitive and now he wants to please the Lord by obeying his laws. Well, there are 613 laws in the Old Testament and if you break one of these laws you break all it is like the links in a chain if you break one link you break the chain that is what James 2 verse 10 says he who upholds the whole law and breaks only one is guilty of it all James said so now it is an utterly impossible task to keep the law Because if you want to keep the law, you've got to have all the sacrifices also. And everything Moses commanded because of what God said to him, including the sacrifices, the burnt offerings, the sin offerings, the thanks offerings, and all these things. Now, if you don't have the sacrifices, you cannot keep the law. So now here's the first principle, you cannot have both the law and walk hand in hand with Christ in the other way. You cannot sit in a swimming pool and remain dry, you've got to choose. You cannot have sun and moon at the same time, you've got to choose. Now, what many people don't understand is that there's a progression in God's Word. There are three dispensations. The first dispensation was the dispensation of the Father. And that was from Genesis up till John the Baptist. Jesus said, the Law and the Prophets, that is the Torah, or also the Old Testament, is called the Tanakh. But the law and the prophets, the Old Testament, was up till John. From then, the kingdom of God has been proclaimed. Now, what is the kingdom of God? The kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of heaven is a physical place. So one can say the atmosphere of the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost, reigns in a physical place called heaven. Now, the kingdom of God has been proclaimed since Jesus' baptism and baptism in the Holy Ghost. Matthew 3. He was baptised, Matthew 4, he was led by the Spirit into the desert. And then the dispensation of the Son ended when he ascended to heaven after he has paid the full and final complete sacrifice for our sins. Then the dispensation of the Holy Spirit started with Pentecost Day. And this dispensation will be up till when Jesus returns. Now, I can compare these three dispensations with education. First, you get primary school. And we compare that with the dispensation of the father. After primary school, there is high school. We compare that with the dispensation of the son. And this this dispensation of the Holy Spirit, we compare with tertiary education, university, college education. Now, primary school is not the finals, as we know. But you cannot go to high school unless you've been to primary school. And you cannot go to high school unless... You've passed your exams in primary school. And naturally, you cannot go to university or to college unless you've passed high school. Again, and this is very important, the one does not exclude the other. They're following up on one another. It's a development. So the dispensation of the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ, was a development from the dispensation of the Father. The dispensation of the Father started with the dispensation of uh, innocence with Adam and Eve. They didn't have consciences. After they ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, they they had conscience about sin. The knowledge of good and evil. Conscience means con it's Latin for with and science means to know with knowledge that's conscience that was a dispensation of conscience then came the dispensation afterwards of uh, the law which came in through Moses now What I want to say further on is, if you are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, that is tertiary education, it is actual and it's utter foolishness to go back to primary school and play with the clay in the grade one class. When you are in high school, it is expected of you to know what is one and one. And when you're in university, it is expected, it's, as, it's taken as a given that you are able to write. Now, what I want to say is, we are in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. We cannot go back to the law, which is in our analogy, the, the dispensation of the Father, the primary school stage. And if we're in dispensation of the Holy Spirit, we cannot go back to dispensation of the Lord Jesus because Jesus operated under the law. He said to his disciples, go to the lost sheep of Israel. Do not go to the Gentiles. Why? Because Galatians 4 says, Jesus was born under the law made of a woman, Galatians 4.4 and when Jesus ascended to heaven then he said to his disciples go into all the world, why? The price has been paid, the dispensation of the law has been closed. Now Jesus clearly said, Matthew 5.17, I did not come to abolish the law and the prophets I came to fulfill." In other words, the Law and the Prophets, like I said, in our analogy, primary school, is not destroyed, it's not abolished. But it was needful for the dispensation of the sun to be built thereon. It is like the foundation. Dispensation of the sun was like the walls of the building tertiary education, the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, is the roof. The one is built on the other. It is a succession. This is very, very important to understand. Now there are movements that make certain segments of the law, they make it the gospel. Like for instance, upholding the Sabbath, which is the fourth commandment of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments are found in Exodus 20 and Deuteronomy 5. Now, Scripture says the law is eternal. Now, what now? Well, Jesus said to Satan, when Satan quoted the word of God to him, Psalm 91 verse 11, he said, it is also written.
0: Well, brother, that, that really is enlightening. I must say, to see it in that way really brings revelation in this matter and such a nice illustration primary school, high school and university tertiary education. That's what the Lord meant. I've not come to abolish the law, but I've come to fulfill the law. It would be crazy if the Lord came to abolish the law because how can you abolish the ABCs and forming sentences? That's what we learned in primary school. You can't abolish that. But you can build upon that. And there's the secret. There's a development here, just like a development. You had to start somewhere. So we start with the law, the Old Testament. OK, but God's goal is not that God's goal is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, which is to come much later. But he begins with the law. And and Paul says it. The law was to be like a child conductor. That would bring you to Christ. Okay. And then from there, Christ says, now another comforter will come and will teach you. The anointing will abide in you. So, and I like that illustration, brother, when you mentioned that matter of, I've just got this picture of people fighting, you know. And um, as they're fighting one another, the one guy realizes, this guy is quite strong. So let me use his weight against him. And then he gives way and he pulls back. And as he pulls back, I'm thrusting forward. This is say I'm the guy that's very strong. And as I thrust forward, I fall over, over my own weight. Mm. And that's, it's a, it's a trick they do in wrestling, by the way. It's yes. quite, it's very effective. Yeah. So that's exactly what now Satan would do with you. Mm. Oh, you want to keep God's commandments. Okay. And now he, he, he does that. Yes. And it and takes it over. Yes. And then the Christian falls now from grace and starts operating under the law. Mm. And this was Paul's problem. This is what was Paul was trying to address. Please don't get circumcised, Galatians. Okay? Because it's about the circumcision of the heart. Please don't go back to playing in the sandpit grade one uh, primary school. We need to start moving to university. Mm. That's what we need to do here. So this is very helpful. Thank you, my dear brother, to, to see this, to understand this. And when we have this revelation, the devil can't trick us up on this anymore. We want to be those that are, are um, abiding in Christ. And the other example that you mentioned, which was really wonderful, is I can't expect to sit in a swimming pool and remain dry. So it's either you are going to live, abide in Christ and live under grace Or you're going to be dry outside of the swimming pool and be under the law. If if I determine, okay, now I want to do the law and be well pleasing to God, that's when you fall from grace. And that's exactly now where Satan wants you, because then he's bringing you all the way back to grade one. No, brothers and sisters, it's not about do nots now. It's about how can we serve the Lord? And as we mentioned in in previous episodes. Faith, truth, love, yeah. and, and that's what it's about. Those are the commandments. Thank you, my brother. Over to you.
1: All right. Now, on that basis, let's go to Romans 8.14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Galatians 5.18. But if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. I repeat, if we can link up those two verses, the summary is, the sons of God, the children of God, the daughters of God, who are led by the Spirit, are not under the law because they are in tertiary education and the law is primary school. Now, we've got to choose. It's either Jesus or Moses. Well, like I've said, Jesus' ministry was built upon Moses'. But you cannot stay in primary school. John 17 says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Why is that big but in there? Matthew 5.17, like I've already said, Jesus said, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. Now, with reference to the three dispensations that I spoke about, in Luke 13, verse 20 and 21, And again he, Jesus, said, Whereunto shall I like the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. Now the kingdom of God, like I just said, or already I said, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And Jesus compares that with three measures of meal, till the whole was leavened. Again, the dispensation of the Father, The Word and the Holy Ghost. 1 John 5, 7 says, for there are three which testify in heaven, the Father, the Word and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. We have discussed that concept, the Trinity, in the previous uh, podcast about once saved, always saved. I want to go to Luke 13. He, Jesus spake also this parable it says here A certain man had fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came and sought fruit thereon and found none. Then said he unto the dresser of his vineyard Behold these three years there is the number three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none cut it down, why cumbereth it? Why does it clutter up the ground? And he answering said unto him, Lord, let it alone this year also till I shall dig about it and dung it. And if it bear fruit well, and if not, then after that thou shalt cut it down. Now this certain man that Jesus speaks about is God the Father. And the dresser of the vineyard is the Lord Jesus Christ. The fig tree Is Israel and the vineyard is the world. A certain man God the Father had a fig tree called Israel planted in his vineyard the world and he came and sought fruit on Israel and he found none. Then he said unto the dresser of his vineyard Jesus behold these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree called Israel and find none, cut it down. Why does it clutter up the ground? And Jesus, and he answering said unto him, Father, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it. Now, the three years, the dispensation of the Father, the dispensation of the Son, and the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, which ends with Jesus' return, his second coming. And then, Jesus says, let it alone this year also, that is a fourth year, what is that, that is the millennium in which Jesus will reign, the millennium of peace. And Jesus says, Father, let's give Israel another thousand years, and if they then then do not bring forth fruit, cut them off. So again this is a, a verification of the three periods of time
0: well brother that that makes it even more clearer these matters of these dispensations and it's under it's important to understand these dispensations because we're going to slot in what what uh, you coined now what you mentioned the education system primary school dispensation of the father high school dispensation of the son And university or college, dispensation of the Holy Spirit. And it's very clear through the examples that you mentioned there, that there are these dispensations and God works. He develops uh, certain matters in these dispensations. But what's important to understand is he never cancels what he's covered already. He just builds upon just like grade one, grade two, grade three, grade four, grade five, grade six, grade seven. And then you go to high school and then it's grade eight, grade nine. And you're just building up upon that understanding of the preceding grade. So you just see this foundation and it's building upon, building upon, building upon. So those verses that you mentioned there, brother, are very helpful. It's very clear to see this matter in the word.
1: Great, Angela, what you've said, very true. Now, Jesus is greater than Moses. That is the building up on the other one. Hebrews one one and two says God, with sundry that's different times and in divers manners, spoke in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, as in these last days spoken unto us by His Son. Now Hebrews three one to six shows that Jesus is greater than Moses. Why? Because Jesus is Moses' creator, and Jesus is God, we will do that in another teaching in the future, Lord willing. Jesus Christ is God Almighty, and Moses is his servant. That's why he's greater than Moses. Now, when we go to Luke 9, Jesus was transfigured on the Mount of Transfiguration, is what they call it. And he was there in his glory and two men appeared to him moses and elijah now the witnesses who saw this happening is peter james and john now moses and elijah are the symbols of the law and the prophets and they spoke to jesus well peter was astounded he started well he wanted to start building tents <laughs> and I could never figure that one out, you know. And then the father spoke from a cloud. The voice came in a cloud. And the voice said, This is my beloved son. Listen to him. Now the father never mentioned, uh, give some attention also to Elijah and give some attention to Moses. He totally ignored them. He said, This is my son. Listen to him. That is the one we've got to listen to. Now, Jesus said in John 12, 48, He said that the words that I, Jesus, have spoken will judge you in the last day. Not Moses' words, not Elijah's words, the words I have spoken. What I want to say through that is what Moses said, and it confirms what Moses said. Deuteronomy 18, 15 to 19, Moses said, The Lord your God will raise up unto you a prophet from the midst of you, of your brethren, like unto me. Unto him you shall hearken. That's the old English word for you shall listen to him. And God himself says there, that's in Deuteronomy 18, verse 19, he says that the one who doesn't listen to this prophet, I will require it of him. Now who was this prophet like Moses from the brethren? That was the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus spoke to the people of Emmaus and he declared the prophecies to them that Moses spoke and that all the other prophets also spoke concerning him. Moses spoke about the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus said to his enemies that Moses wrote about me. And if you don't believe him, how will you believe me? Now, as we've already said, Jesus fulfilled the law. Why? Because love fulfills the law. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him, that is, trusts, clings, adheres to Him, obeys Him, will not perish in hell, but will have everlasting life. Romans 10 verse 4 says, For Christ is the end of the law, for righteousness To everyone that believes. Now, Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 22. You have heard it said, you shall not kill, but I say unto you. And there, he indicates that he supersedes the law. Now people listen, the law said, you shall not kill, but I tell you. That he who is angry with his brother without cause is in danger of judgment. Verse 28 there, Matthew five twenty-eight. Everyone, it is said that you shall not commit adultery. But everyone who looks at a woman, I say unto you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has committed adultery with her already in his heart. Jesus supersedes the law there. He says, fine, guys, the law says, but I tell you, there's more to it than just meets the eye.
0: Immediately what strikes me in what you say, brother, is that basically if you want to go back to the law and the prophets, that's just foolish. We clearly see that the Lord Jesus Christ supersedes the law and the prophets. He's the creator of the universe and uh You know, the enemy wants to trick up Christians and now bring them back to the law and the prophets, bring them back to grade one or primary school. And that is a great deception. Now we need to move on. We need to grow and progress. And it's so clear when you mention those scriptures, I just want to go back to the Mount of Transfiguration. What a glorious scene And you you see Christ there, the Lord Jesus, he's being transfigured. And uh, uh, on his one side you see Moses, on his other side you see Elijah. Moses representing the law and Elijah representing the prophets. And what does God the Father have to say about that? (laughs) He completely ignores Moses and Elijah. And he even instructs, now Peter gets all excited, he wants to now build these tents... Uh, He's all giddy about it, because in in a way, there's his role models. (laughs) There's Moses and there's Elijah. Wow, we can have a party here, you know, and we've got Jesus. That's wonderful. (laughs) But he missed it. And so God, the father, makes it very clear. The others disappear. And he says, this is my son. In whom I have found my delight. In whom I am well pleased with. Hear him. He might as well have said, hear him only. That's what it's about. And it's so clear that the Lord supersedes. Moving to Matthew chapter 5, we see very clearly, you have heard. You see, it's the same thing, just in a different way. You've heard. Moses spoke something, didn't he? He said, you shall not commit murder but i tell you but i tell you so he's not extinguishing what moses said he's even lifting the bar but i tell you that if you are angry with your brother without cause you are liable to the judgment you see with moses you could have got away with being angry with your brother even thinking murderous thoughts the moment you murder your brother you're gonna have problems with moses but with the Lord Jesus, it's even the motive now behind the heart. If you're having murderous thoughts about your brother, you're already crossing that line with the Lord Jesus. We go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 28. Uh, you have heard that you shall not commit adultery. But I say unto you that if you look at a woman in order to lust after her, you have already committed adultery with her. In your heart. Same principle there. But do we see a development? That's what we've got to see. We've now passed grade one. We've passed primary school. We're now in high school, guys. This is what it's about. Praise God. Over to you, my dear brother. Hallelujah.
1: Now, this is a very important scripture. Galatians 4 verse 4, which I've already mentioned. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. We're speaking here of two different um, happenings. And uh, that reminds me of Romans 8.14. Those who are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God, the adoption of sons. You've not received the Spirit of of slavery again to fear, Romans 8.15, but the spirit of the adoption of sons, through whom we cry, Abba, Father. Right. Luke 24.27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, expounded unto them, that's the uh, people of Emmaus, in all the scriptures the things concerning himself, Luke 27.44 And he said unto them, These are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. I want to give an analogy now. There is a thing called gravity. Now, If atheists tell you that they can only believe in things that can be seen, you ask them to jump out of a 10-story building. Because gravity is never seen, but I tell you they'll respect the effects of gravity. (laughs) Ask them if they've ever seen oxygen, let them hold up their breasts for five minutes. Yeah. All right. Now, in our analogy now, gravity, it is a law. What goes up comes down. And gravity, well, discriminates between nobody and nothing. Now, in our analogy, gravity represents Moses and the law. And like I've said earlier on, jesus said to satan when satan tried to try to get fresh with him and uh, he quoted the word of god oh he's very dangerous when he starts quoting the word psalm 91 verse 11 for he will give his angels command concerning you they will lift you up in their hands so that you might not dash your foot against a stone jesus said to him it is also written in other words there is a higher law Now, there's a higher law than gravity, and that is called aerodynamics. Now, a Boeing 747 is a very weighty thing. It it weighs quite a few tons, but it remains up there in the air. And uh, it seems that gravity has no effect on it at all. Now, it will have an effect on that Boeing, if that bowing does not adhere to the law of aerodynamics. Now, in our analogy, aerodynamics represent the law of love. And the bowing represents Jesus. Now, I, well, I must adhere to the law of gravity on this earth. But if I get into the bowing, that is Jesus, then Moses has no effect on me. Now, how do I get into Jesus? Well, you must be born again. And like we've done in the previous podcast, once I've always saved, how do you remain in Jesus? Well, doing what he has commanded. John fourteen, fifteen, twenty-one, 21, and 23. And this is how we know that we know him. 1 John 2, 3 that we obey his commandments. And what are these? Love, faith, and truth. That supersedes all the other commands. Okay, so the law of aerodynamics, the law of love, which is represented by Jesus, he is God's love, supersedes the law of Moses, which is gravity in our analogy. But the moment I decide that I am not going to obey the law of love, guess what? Then Moses is at my side. And if I get out of the aeroplane like the prodigal son did in uh, Luke 15, it is one way and it's down via gravity. To give an example, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord, I obey the Lord. And um, the law says you've got to stop at the red traffic light. But I am in a great hurry today and um, I look left and look right and I skip the traffic light. Now what have I just done? I have um, crossed the law of love. Now love according to Jesus, Matthew 7 verse 12, and this is very important. For whatsoever you want others to do unto you, do so likewise to them. That is love. And Jesus said in Matthew 7:12, "For this is the law and the prophets." Now Romans 10 says that love is the fulfilling of the law. And Jesus said, Matthew 7:12, "Whatever you want others to do unto you, do unto them likewise." And if he's saying that is the law and the prophets, then that is love. The Bible also calls it the royal law and the law of liberty. The royal law of liberty. The book of James speaks about that. I've seen that a certain person calls the Ten Commandments the law of liberty. Man, you chain up a guy and you call that liberty. Liberty. Now, to carry on from there, remember that I've said Romans 10 verse 4, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. Romans 13 verse 10, Paul says, Love works no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. Romans 13, verse 8 and 9. Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loves another has fulfilled the law. For this you shall not commit adultery, you shall not kill, you shall not steal, you shall not do false witness, you shall not covet. And if there be any other commandment, any other commandment, more than 600 of them, eh? It is briefly comprehended in this saying, namely, You shall love your neighbour as yourself. Now that comes from Leviticus 19.18. Galatians 5.14, Paul writes, For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this, You shall love your neighbour as yourself. And now I repeat, the law of love is the following. Jesus sums up the whole of the Old Testament, the Tanakh as the Israelis call it, the law and the prophets. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do ye even so to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Let's go to Matthew 22 verse 36 to 40. A lawyer asked Jesus a question, tempting him, saying, verse 36, Matthew 22, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Now remember, we said in the previous podcast, Once Saved, Always Saved, that to love God is to obey God. One word can be rubber stamped on the bible and it's called obedience. You shall obey the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. Jesus said verse 38 verse 39. And the second is like unto this like, like unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. This 40 very important. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. What do you say, Angela?
0: Well, brother, I just got to say, it is getting clearer and clearer. The devil wants to get you out of that aeroplane so that he can smash you with gravity. Stay in the aeroplane, brothers and sisters. Keep abiding in Christ. And it was mentioned in previous episodes. It's so important to read your Bible and to pray. If you have a very strong prayer life, it is Im- it, you just cannot fall away. And, and that comes to us abiding in Christ. Your fellowship, your relationship with God. So important. So as long as you stay in the airplane, you'll be fine. And just to further expound upon that analogy. Gravity is real. It's out there. And we need to realize that if we abide in Christ, we supersede that. Christ supersedes the law. If you want to be under the law, fine. But then you're going to jump out of the airplane. And then you're going to have this noose around your neck or this millstone around your neck. And it's impossible to escape it. You will get smashed by it. So that's why, why, how cleverly God designed it. The law was to bring people to Christ because it couldn't give life. The law couldn't propel you. It actually just showed you you're a sinner and you need a savior. And now you come to Christ. But look, look how the devil has used legalism now and all these other things. Now I must keep God's commandments, keep God's commandments. So now you fall out of the airplane and then guess who's waiting for you? Mr. Gravity, <laughs> and he's going to do what he's got to do, and that is operate. It's not like gravity turns off. When we're under grace and faith in Christ, we are in that airplane. But the moment you think you're going to do this by yourself, and your self-effort and your your works, um, striving from the flesh, that's when gravity is already operating and you and it's going to have an effect on you no more are you flying in the airplane stay in the airplane and then uh just to comment also uh love is fulfilling the fulfilling of the law the royal law and the law of liberty uh romans chapter 13 verse 10 love works no evil to its neighbor jesus sums up the whole of the old testament with this matter of love Love does no evil to its neighbor. But we must be reminded that what is love? Love is not just some abstract idea that someone thought of. God is love. And so when we in true love, well, there it is. Uh, I want to ask you a question, brother, because uh, you, you ended off by saying, so you mentioned that lawyer was confronting the Lord Jesus. So which is the greatest commandment then? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul and mind. And then you I see what you did there. You said you linked love and obedience together because if you love God, you will obey God. Okay, but now how do I so now I mustn't keep the law and I must obey God. So how do I now not fall in the trap of jumping out of the airplane trying to pursue that? I want to be well pleasing to the Lord. I want to do his will. But I also don't want to become legalistic and let the gravity and let the law of gravity smash me. So is there a balance? How does this work exactly where where I can truly remain in the airplane, still loving the Lord, my God, in obedience to him? If you could please uh, help me with that, brother.
1: Angelo, love is not a feeling. Like Don Francisco said, it's an act of your will. Now, the Pharisees were very righteous in themselves. Jesus said to his um, disciples, unless your righteousness supersede that of the Pharisees, you will surely not enter into the kingdom of heaven. They were righteous on the outside. But Jesus said they were like uh, decorated tombs. Now, if we go to Hebrews 11, the first 22 verses, Hebrews 11 verse 1 to 22, they're all based on examples from Genesis. And remember, the law came only about in Exodus. Abel is mentioned. It says here, verse 4, Hebrews 11, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaks. Now we are coming to that, that faith works through love. And love we said, is not a feeling; it's an act. And love is a choice. Now, long before the law, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice. We go to Noah, verse seven. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is by faith. That is the antithesis of the law. Righteousness by faith. Remember the uh, breastplate of righteousness. That is Ephesians 6. But 1 Thessalonians 5, 8, which we mentioned in the previous podcast, The breastplate of faith and love. And Galatians 5, 6 says, faith works through love. And we said that James says that faith without works, in other words, love, is dead. Now, how do I do what God wants? Loving my neighbor as myself without being legalistic. I think Jesus gave the answer there. I was hungry, you gave me to eat, I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. I was naked, you clothed me, I was a stranger, you took me in. I was in prison and you visited me, I was sick and you came to me. You know, these are acts of love. That is choosing another's highest good at all times. That is not trying to get brownie points with god that is having empathy with your fellow man wanting to help him wanting his highest good and the scripture says there's no law against that because love is a facet of the fruit of the spirit love joy peace long suffering galatians 5 And Paul ends there in verse 23, I believe, he says there is no law against that. Real love, which is to choose the highest good of another at all times, is born of the Spirit. And it is not born in legalistic getting brownie points with God. Now that coincides now with the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Which is over and above, and more superior, superior than the law of sin and death, which Romans seven and eight speaks about. Does that answer your question?
0: Well, brother, that is quite a revelation for me. I must say, it, it changes my perspective on the whole thing. It shows me that our whole understanding of law versus faith is is has been. The enemy is attempted to blur the lines and to make it a very confusing thing when it's not actually. Uh, how do you follow? How do you not get into legalism? Well, legalism is about trying to score brownie points with God. It's about your own righteous acts gaining God's approval. That's not what it's about. So how do I then keep God's commandments? How do I? Uh, Let's say I'm now in university. How do I apply that now in my life? It's through acts of love. And then we remember the verse in James, which says. Faith without works is dead. You might as well say faith without love is dead. And that's very helpful. So. You know, you can wake up tomorrow morning and. If you don't want to be in legalism, just acts of love. Love your neighbor. Seek the highest possible good for your neighbor, your brother, your sister. And, and not just your brother and sister. I want to mention that as well. It's not just your brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, acts of love toward your fellow man. Even if he's an unbeliever. That's, it's, part of the, it's part of the process Yeah, Acts of love. And then you'll find something. Your will will very soon get crossed out. And that is picking up your cross because now I need to I need to care for my fellow man. And sometimes that's not very convenient. That's when the rubber hits the road. And that's that's really what it's about. The son of man came to serve and not to be served. You see the Lord Jesus do it. Acts of love healing people. The emphasis is not on the healings. The emphasis is on taking care of the people. Feeding the people. What is the difference between the Lord Jesus creating bread when when the when the when Satan tempted Jesus in Matthew chapter four? That bread would have been for himself. But when you go to the five thousand, the Lord Jesus is basically doing the same thing. He's creating bread out of nothing, right? But what's the difference? It's not for himself, it's for others. They were hungry. So he takes care of them in that way, and, and that's what it's about.
1: True.
0: And, and you can see how many people have missed this, actually. It's so nice to fellowship, have Bible study, go to church, all these things, but you couldn't care about your neighbor. That is, that is what's happened, and that's why James has to say what he says. You call yourself a brother, but look, where is the evidence of your faith? It's not that works justify you. Works are a proof of your faith in Christ.
1: True.
0: I do righteous acts. I, I, do, I do loving acts toward my neighbor because I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and He empowers me to do those things. That's not legalism. Yeah, praise God. That's very helpful. Thank you, brother.
1: Great. That was a great summary, Angelo. You know, the Pharisees, to go back to the Pharisees, the Pharisees did their righteous acts to be seen in order that they could get, like we say, brownie points with God. They did the acts in order that. But the New Testament Christian does the good works because of now there's an eternity of difference between in order that or in order to and because of let's say um, there is a bachelor guy he lives like a married man in order that he can get married now that's insanity But now you get another guy, he's married already, and because of the fact that he is married already, he lives like a married man. You get that. Matthew 5.16, Jesus says, let your light so shine before men, not like the Pharisees to get brownie points before men and before God. Let your light so shine before men that they can see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven, not you. You see the difference. The big difference is in order that and because of, let's use another analogy. Your is a caterpillar, and he chews leaves and he hides from the from the uh, birds and And all he can think of is chewing and sleep. But one day he goes through a metamorphosis, which we will say now with us is the born-again experience. And out comes this beautiful butterfly. Now, this is a made-over caterpillar. But man, this little creature has no interest in leaves at all. And it doesn't have to hide from the birds anymore. And all he does is he, he sucks nectar. Now, if we can say the Pharisees are the uh, caterpillars and the butterflies are the New Testament Christians, the love factor comes from the motive of the heart. It is to please God. It is because you have been saved. It is because His Spirit in you wants you to will the highest good of another. It is because you want to. It is not because I've got to. A butterfly wants to suck nectar. Well, me too. I love honey, but I tell you, I've tried to choose some what what you call these mulberry tree leaves. <laughs> it's really not good for your <laughs> for your taste. Now, if we can go to Galatians six verse two, bear ye one another's burdens, and so, in this manner, fulfil the law of Christ. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so, in this manner, fulfill the law of Christ. What is the law of Christ? Well, John 15, 12, John 13, 34. A new commandment I give unto you, that you must love one another as I have loved you. By this all men shall know that you are my disciples, if you adhere to the law No, if you have love, one amongst another. Jesus said the one thing that will distinguish you from the world, the one thing that will distinguish the butterflies from the caterpillar is that they suck nectar, that they have love one amongst each other. Now what is sweeter than love?
0: That concludes part one of law versus faith in christ join us in the next episode where we cover part two bless you thank you for listening you can visit our website at www.biblestudyangelo.com for free christian material and other resources to help you in your journey with the lord you can also send us a message on our website if you want to contact us, or if you have any questions, follow us on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook with the handle at Bible Study Angela. Have a blessed day. Jesus Christ is Lord.